Brought to you by North Memorial Health, where customers are treated like family. That means a big smile when you walk in the door and making sure your visit is as pleasant as possible. It's just like your family treats you. Find your healthy family at northmemorial.com family. Welcome to another episode of the Access Vikings podcast. My name is Andrew Kramer, joined by Ben Gessling and Chip Scoggins of the Star Tribune from Bank of America Stadium. After the Vikings escaped with a 34-28 to 28 win in overtime, um, Chip, do you start bringing the antacids with you to these games, or what, what's your that reaction? Was a, that, that was actually a, a line in my column. Um, I said the uh, the marketing people here with the Vikings should get a sponsorship with an antacid uh, company because of the heartburn. I don't, I don't even know what to make of this team at this point. I was saying, are they good, bad, or indifferent? Three and three. So they... <laughs> Explain how you can play so well against Arizona. That's it for me, guys. And and play like – Have a safe trip home. We'll see you next week. That's right. I wrote today is like you're watching the game and you're sitting there thinking, you know, this is going to be a nice win. And then all of a sudden it's an overtime and there's got a chance to lose a game that was unlosable. Yeah, I mean, we, we've, we've seen them do it both ways, right? I mean, we've seen them now basically nearly blow games against two teams that they should – have beaten fairly easily. In fact, had 10-point leads or better in the fourth quarter of both those games. We've also seen them go toe-to-toe with the Cardinals, uh, come back against the Bengals, and uh, put themselves in position to, I guess for a lot of the game, beat the Browns. So they've they've kind of done it both ways. And I guess that's probably I, – I suppose we're only six games into this thing, but I suppose the old Parcells line of you are what your record says you are, this is – probably neither a good nor a bad team and I think point differential wise they're uh, they've just barely outscored their opponents yeah I mean they they kind of are uh rightly confounding well I, mean, I think probably pretty much what they are and that's what I was talking to Andrew about I think that the theory that I've had is it's a talented team that has obvious flaws and it seems like you're that's showing up they'll have moments where you're like man nobody can guard Jefferson or Kirk is playing at a high level, and then they'll have just a stretch like in that first half. You're like, honestly, what is, what are they doing here? So yeah, it's, it's, that, that lack of consistency, I think, is going to prevent them from maybe getting to that level that people thought that matches the skill talent they have. Yeah, and they just make some some errors that I think good teams don't make. This is a team that has the talent, I think, to be good, but when you put the ball on the ground like Justin Jefferson did or their special teams – uh, was a roller coaster the entire day. Uh, every time D.D. Westbrook bobbled a ball, Ben was turning to me being like, there's another one, there's another one. Because every time. There were three, yeah. right? Every yeah. time, yeah, there were three of them. And, and um, the, the blocked punt happens where a veteran and Stephen Weatherly seems to be the one who was at fault for missing a, a twist on the inside that leads to a wide-open gap. As Mike Zimmer said, it was a big hole. Points to the PR guy next to him and says it's from me to him away. Um, and then you've got... Just the issues with Dalvin Cook not being able to hold on to it, Justin Jefferson dropping the ball. Um, it, it's just critical moments. The defense. It, the the very penalties end. on punt <laughs> returns twice, two holding yeah. penalties, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And a block and, in the back that was declined on one of those. And, Ben, the most confounding thing to me was the, the defense at the very end, fourth and ten, Sam Darnold standing in his own end zone, and even the defense has to be thinking this is over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't. Well, it, I see, that Panthers offense – was a combination of Christian Ponder and Troy Williamson. They could not throw <laughs> yeah, or catch it. You're right. 
Robbie Anderson definitely had the Troy they Williams. They had 10 drops today. It tantalizing <laughs> go ball speed, but doesn't work if you can't catch the ball. And, Sam, going. and Sam Darnold just does not look comfortable uh, throwing the ball and any kind of pressure. He just wanted to get rid of the ball. And so, yeah, if you would have said that that offense is going to go 96 yards and get, you know, a two point conversion, I would have bet everything I'm worth that that was not going to happen. There should probably also be a fruit basket or maybe mini muffins or whatever he's into (laughs) going from the Vikings to whoever in the Panthers athletic training department made the call to not play Christian McCaffrey today. Yeah, And and if he wasn't healthy, then it's probably a moot point. But if Christian McCaffrey is playing in this game, I don't know that this ends as well as it did for the Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because the defense was just in control through so much of it that chip, they crossed midfield Twice yeah. in 11 drives before that last drive. It felt like there was a stretch there where it felt like their only offense was the Vikings either turning it over or having a penalty. Because there was the one drive where they had two third-down penalties, that, and they still couldn't score. So it just felt like they were never going <laughs> to score on their own. Um, and that's why this game just felt like how they put themselves in position to almost lose this game is, you know, that that's the most com- confounding. I like that word about this team is in like last week where they went ultra conservative and almost bit them. It's like, just feels like they have too much talent at, at, you know, skill positions to put themselves in this kind of position. It's just, I'm sure the fan base is just pulling their hair out watching these games. Well, and the offense put up 570 yards (laughs) at 34 points, 570 yards, third most in franchise history. Oh, wow. Against a good defense. That's a good defense. Yes, it is. It's a good defense. And so, again, you think that first half, you're like, yeah, this offense is a mess. They're not doing anything. And you look at it, like, they almost have 600 yards of offense. <laughs> yeah, and they really started to take off there after that block punt, 16 unanswered points. A lot of the yardage came out right after that. C.J. Ham yeah. for a 30-yard <laughs> run that nobody saw coming. Um, really kind of sparked them there. And, and they were able to hit Thielen then on a following drive for 35-yarder. Like, as Chip, as you're talking about, that talent is so evident that – I mean, I heard I heard Eric Hendricks say after the game, I'm exhausted. I want to put together a full game. Yeah, and <laughs> I like – there were moments there where I felt like, okay, maybe Kubiak is shifting here. There was fourth, uh, fourth quarter. They were uh, leading 25-17, third and two from their own 25. Dalvin time. That's absolutely a Dalvin cook carry. Well, they throw a deep shot down the to Jefferson down the sideline, and he makes a you know really nice catch, and it's like – Small, you know, baby steps, <laughs> baby steps. That's what you want to see. I, 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 Being Dal- less conservative is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, I mean, Dalvin yeah. is obviously a great talent, but the way Kirk is playing with his receivers, open it up. Well, didn't didn't Cousins say afterwards that that originally was going to be a run? Yes. On that third yeah, and he and, changed and it. Checked out of it? Yeah. Kubiak checked out of it. Yeah, Kubiak did, yeah. Yeah, and Ben, what do you make of Kirk playing as well as he is? Because this is the another game and another game where Kirk puts them in position to win. He has now thrown, I think it's more than double the number of passes when tied or trailing by a score or less in the last two minutes of any other quarterback in the league. And this is a guy that has been criticized, and rightfully so, I would contend, for his play at the end of games for yeah. most of his career. But he has been lights out when they've needed him to be. His, his, in the last two minutes and in overtime today, his only incomplete pass was when they had a clock at one time. Sure, yeah. He was 4 of 5 in regulation and then 5 of 5 in overtime. So, And he's done that. I mean, he basically made every throw they needed him to make last week. There has not been – frankly, the other one today 
when they're coming down to it at the end, he had a second and six where Brian Burns beats Christian Derisaw, and that looks like it's going to turn into a strip sack. Yeah. And we've seen that happen many times yeah. with Cousins, but he pulls the ball down just in time, takes off, gets 16 yards, and then gets first down that keeps the drive going. But, uh, yeah, it he has looked a lot better. I'm not saying that that's necessarily going to change it forever, but he has probably saved them from – having some pretty real conversations about firing people yeah. during the bye week. Well, and Zimmer mentioned it because um, I asked him about just the confidence he is in these, in these critical moments now. And Zimmer said, go back to that Saints game. And he's doing this pretty continually now. And up until that point, every week it was – he's now whatever fourth quarter comebacks. Oh, whatever and it was. And it, it was it, a lot of them last year that I mean, didn't go very well. It hung over him. And so now when he runs out there, you feel like – and part of that too is having Jefferson and Thielen – you feel like okay, they have a shot here because he's playing well, and you got two, who two receivers you and trust. And I think KJ Osborne and Osborne. that a lot. You have three, you know, you have three wide receivers that you feel can make a play. Yeah, and they haven't had that with Kirk no. before in terms of that third weapon, and, and he's really helped replace KJ. Has that lack of Irv Smith, where typically you'd have if this offense wanted to play the identity it wanted, it was two tight end with Irvin Conk, and then you got Jefferson and Thielen, but. They've really been able to, and I heard the Panthers, um, looking back at some of their quotes and, and what they said after the game, they talked so much because the questions coming from the, the Carolina press corps were, how could you not pressure Kirk? This was the first time Kirk wasn't sacked in a game this year. Carolina went 3-0 and to start the year in part because they got a lot of pressure on opposing quarterbacks. And the reporters were like, how could you not get pressure on him? And uh, I think it was Brian Burns or some one of the Panthers defenders that just said, look, they're having uh, the tight end and a receiver. And he, he kept saying tight end and a receiver on either sides of the tackle, chipping the edge rushers. You got KJ working like a tight end, chipping yeah. some of these edge rushers too. And that they're still utilizing him in a similar fashion. Yet then you can spring KJ loose and the plays he's making downfield are phenomenal. Yeah, and Osborne mentioned it in his post-game press conference that he was helping out, yeah. chipping on those guys. But um, that guy deserves a lot of attention right now. I mean, obviously you get a walk-off touchdown, but think about how much improvement he has made in one year. To he didn't earn, have a catch last year. Yeah, to earn <laughs> the quarterback's trust in big moments. Yep. And, you know, the organization's trust. And I assume he put in a ton of work in the offseason to improve his route running, whatever he did. But, you know, he deserves a lot of attention right now for what he's – you know, the player that he's becoming and, and the work he put in to improve. Yeah, I did a story on him in September, and he did a he sat down talk with him, and he talked about how in the off season he had a good training crew in Miami with guys like Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, Jarvis Landry, like really good guys to learn from yeah. in terms of how to form your work and study habits, and uh, it's really paid off. It's just it's insane to see that kind of growth from a guy where the entire question about the Vikings were, what do you do when Jefferson and Thielen are taken away? Like, what do you do? And this guy's emerged to be that answer. It's just a question of how do you put together a complete game? For the third straight second half, they opened up with a three and out. And you just see that. When the offense bottoms out, it really bottoms out. And that's the thing. We know they're, they have some singular talent. But across the board, when you talk about their flaws, do you think this team is capable of putting it together and and avoiding those kind of wild swings that we see? I, I don't know. I, I So far, we no. The answer is no. And now you're going to play better teams. So what's the evidence that they're going to be able to do that, um, you know, as we're facing better competition? Well, yeah, and Ben, like, what do you make of the fact of, you know, we, can Kirk sustain this? Is Kirk always going to be there to be the savior, I guess is my question. Yeah, I think that's a valid question. I mean, we we have not seen 
probably enough to say that for sure. I, I do think he's looked a lot better in a lot of these situations. I, and Zimmer talked about the stats and you know made it clear again that he doesn't like the reliance on stats from those of us who cover the, the team. Um, Unless it's opposing quarterback numbers that his defense had a hand in. Yeah, I'm sure he loves those, yeah. yes. Um, but using the eye test that he wants us to use, Cousins has looked a lot better, I think. It, it just, in terms of getting the line, using the clock probably a little bit more efficiently, just being able to, to make things happen quickly, um, I, I think that has all been a lot better. Now the question becomes when they play better teams, if they're in that spot, does any of this change? And and I, I think that's probably something that probably we'll have a better answer to in a few weeks. But I this also, I think, is where the K.J. Osborne thing helps because I Kirk has been the type of quarterback, by my sense, that has to have trust with a receiver before he's going to go to him in those situations. And there have been a lot of times in recent years where he hasn't had anybody beyond Jefferson and Thielen, and you see him holding the ball – I think because he's waiting for somebody to get open and say, I, I don't trust myself or I don't trust this guy to go make a play in a contested catch situation. K.J. Osborne has come up with a lot of those in it, just the last few weeks. And the thing I thought it was interesting is the the third down before the – was his, he was the third option. Yep, yep. So for him to go all the way to, to his third option and not just, you know, force it into one of the first two guys or – you know, bail on it or whatever. He trusted him to get to his third option, and that that speaks volumes. Seems to, to be processing things faster. Yeah, I think yeah. that's been a lot of it. I think we talked about that a couple of weeks ago too. But I think the the uh, I think we did talk about it because I think I talked about the the, the processing chip. Yeah, uh, being faster <laughs> and then saying this is not a vaccine joke. Yeah. This is not a microchip Bill Gates thing. And again, I think that's a good defense they face today. Yeah, I mean, I statistically, you look at it, they were one of the stingiest in the league. and Especially against the pass. And I don't, I don't think it was just because they played bad offense. I think they're actually pretty darn good. I, I think, and he had this with the benefit of overtime, too. Yeah. But I think he's the first quarterback to throw for more than 300 yards against them since the beginning of last year. So I, I remember looking that up this week. I, I don't think anybody else has done it. Yeah, it's impressive. It's impressive. And the Panthers, I think, they were without their rookie corner who got hurt, and then their Shaq Thompson, their top one of the top linebackers, was out too. But still, they got so much talent in that defensive line. That was where you could have seen them overtake it, much like you saw Cleveland kind of really just bludgeon that that offensive line. But I thought Darius saw. I thought Darius saw the little bit we could see of him. I thought he did well, and you could tell how much bigger, more of a sturdier left tackle this guy is. He's not going to get like kind of ragdolled in a way that you saw Rashad Hill get. Yeah, like the first play of last week, Detroit's first play of second half, he just gets bowled over and it's a sack. It's like, just go with the rookie. Put Darisaw in there and, and let him learn. and He, he can handle it. And he, There are going to be some tough moments probably where he gives up sacks or whatever, but um, he's just a better player. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's your best option at left tackle right now. And Bennett mentioned the one where at the end there, Brian Burns gets him off the edge. I had heard Burns' press conference afterward, and he said, I got that guy. I was I beat him off the ball easily, and he said, I just should have got, you know, I should have grabbed Kirk and not gone for the ball. For the strip, but yeah. that's the stuff that he's going to go through and learn. Like, that's going to be perfect. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Against a guy in Brian Burns who's had, you know, I think double-digit sacks in the NFL. So um, I think that's one bright spot for them. 570 yards of offense is a bright spot. It's just a matter of being able to put that together and, and not 
the offense leaving the defense out to dry or the defense leaving the special teams out to dry. Or it just seems like one phase is always or missed field goals or have punt blocks. I mean, yeah, and, and I think almost 100 yards of penalties again today. It was 11 penalties for yeah. 98 yards or something like that. So it's yeah, there's there's a lot of that stuff that continues to come up. I, w- I was talking with somebody with the Vikings before the game, and he just goes, "We just need to play some complimentary football." And and we saw that issue again today, where one phase is not in sync with the other. And I mean that that comes up a lot. People talk about it a lot, but. You see why, I think, in in this kind of a setting because you do have, for a lot of this game, that the Vikings had basically left the Panthers' offense no options. Now, Sam Darnold probably had something to do with that as well. But but for a lot of it, you still had the same issues where they weren't able to get anything going offensively until that block punt. And then I think maybe they finally said, okay, we got to maybe take the uh, – take the the governor off the the gas pedal here well and to your your point about the complimentary stuff too i i think they had picked it up in the second half obviously when they did better and i think off of one of carolina's turnovers they did score a touchdown but um they failed i think they kicked just a field goal off the initial interception by bashad breland they get set up right there perfectly for what should be a go-ahead touchdown to open the game and they have to settle for a field goal and that was the the fourth field goal they had to settle for off of a turnover um, in seven turnovers they had had in the first five games or six games. Two short ones. One was they also had missed a field goal. They also had to punt twice off a turnover. And then finally in the second half, I think they did score a touchdown off of it would have been a, a Darnold fumble, I believe. Um, but it, that's part of the complimentary stuff. Where this, when the defense is handing you a possession and giving you a gift and gift wrapping it, the offense has just been kind of punting it away. Yeah, I mean, it's and Zimmer talked about after the game, I don't know if he brought it up or, or used the phrase killer mentality or, or reporter did, but it basically they got to learn how to finish. And whether it's end of the games or when you get a turnover like that in great field position, you got to finish that and not kick field goals. And they just haven't been able to, to do that. And I was thinking about this. What do we think about his decision to punt there at the end versus try a 53-yarder? Based on what you, we saw, you know, well, that would have been after he missed the 50. After he missed, yeah. he went, missed the 50, punted there, then missed the 47. He And he talked about the wind factoring into some of that stuff. He said, I don't fault Greg Joseph for the misses because it was so windy. Yep. And I think you know when you and I were walking around here last night, it yep. was awfully windy. And I think even going into the game a little bit, there was some of that. And the other thing is, the way your defense was playing against Sam Darnold, the way he looked, pin him deep and make him go the distance and score eight points. Yep. I just, I would have, I would have, Versus a shorter field and momentum of, you know, missing it and giving them the extra yards. I, I, I can't really fault him on that. Yeah, I mean, the the uh, the short – I had probably more of an issue with not going forward on one of the short ones. In the, the fourth in, and two down here. In first yeah, yeah, the two yeah. in the first half where they kicked from like 25 yards and I think the other one was a similar distance. I think the, the analytics on both of those would have said go for it. But they kicked on both. I would have thought you maybe try at least one of those. I I probably have more of an issue with that than with the decision to punt. Because yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> Darnold had looked that bad, ninety six yards to go. You're thinking, okay, somebody's going to make a play at some point here, or you stop him on the two point conversion, and that's the game. As far as situational coaching decisions, it seems like Zimmer's aggression is so haphazard because yes. because yes, you go for the two pointer when you're chasing points. I can't remember what the score was. I think they had it was twice. twice. Chased it twice early, it was fourteen yeah. to six Second or something. Quarter, like that. Start chasing them, yeah. But the initial, yeah, the initial two point, he tries to go for that just because what it would tie the game early in the first half or in the middle of the first half, 
And then obviously at the very end, you're thinking, boy, that, you know, revisionist history, that one extra point could have saved you from overtime. Yeah, one of those, I think, was the personal foul that put him at the one. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's then an easy they go one. with the old yeah. Scott Frost shotgun yeah. handoff to try to get in, and it gets stuffed. It really probably should have been stuffed earlier. Dalvin bounced it out, and yeah. the guy actually made a, a pretty great ankle tackle to save him from scoring. But that was one where if they would have scored on that, that's Dalvin making an individual play that – just Dalvin does just sometimes. Being better than yes. defense, yeah. yeah, Dalvin bails you out on those sometimes. But so yeah, I think the chasing points thing. You're right. It is. There's not a lot of rhyme or reason to it. But we've heard him talk about that before on some of these decisions. He said, "I'm not looking at analytics." And he he's admitted analytics would say go for it most of the time. And he said, "I'm not looking at that." So um, he's not looking at stats as much as we are. <laughs> <laughs> we look one at him too much. One thing he probably is looking at though is that the Vikings at three and three are tied for second in the NFC North. They are. After now, the Bears lost to the Green Bay Packers today. So they're two games back. They're tied with the Bears. I'm sure those are two numbers that Mike Zimmer, the wins and losses that he does care about. But, um, yeah, the Vikings got a bye week coming up. Then they got the Dallas Cowboys at home. Sunday night Halloween game at U.S. Bank Stadium. We will be having probably one more podcast during the bye week to kind of set where things are. And then we'll be previewing that Cowboys game the following week. You can check out all of our work at StarTribune.com. Maybe you should get off the podcast.